0: each and every one of you here this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We're going to continue our series of grown-up prayers. Today we're going to look at two lines in the Lord's Prayer, uh, which is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, um, and we're going to focus specifically on the power of prayer. Anybody heard this phrase used before, the power of prayer? Our city council representative and uh, attender here at Verizon Church, Bill Carlson, Posted this on Facebook yesterday. He said, calling on my friends who believe in prayer. My family would appreciate if you could take a moment to pray for my dad. On Tuesday, he was in a horrific accident. No one else was hurt, but his car was totaled and he had to be extracted from the vehicle by police and paramedics. He was then airlifted to the nearest trauma center on Florida's east coast. We don't know other details about the accident, but I do want to thank the first responders. I rushed over immediately and spent several hours with him and spoke to his doctors. Considering the severity of the accident, we all felt lucky that he had survived. He had injury, but everyone felt he would quickly recover. He and I had a great conversation and he was completely lucid. So when he got ready to sleep, I headed back to Tampa. This morning, My oldest son and I were headed out the door to spend the weekend with him when we got the call that he somehow had deteriorated quickly overnight and probably will not survive. We arrived a few hours ago, and the situation looks bleak. Having experienced the power of prayer, I humbly ask you all to pray that he survives or passes to the next life without pain. Thanks in advance for your friendship, and apologies if I'm slow to answer in the next few days. Then, in the comments, this is what he said. Two hours after I posted this, my dad woke up and spent two hours talking to us and laughing with us. Everyone was shocked with the positive change. It shows the power of prayer. He's asleep now, we all appreciate your support, even if we only get those two hours. Today we're going to look at these lines in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your kingdom come. This is the NIV, so they changed the to your. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine, can you imagine having to ask people to pray and for it to be God's? will. May he pass quickly, or may he survive, but can you just, God, reduce the pain of it all? God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are the grown-up prayers we're talking about. We move from telling God what it is we want. We move from the Santa Claus wish list to grown-up prayers that expect the power of God to come. And it doesn't always wind up like this text. I might get another text that's completely different than that from him in just a few hours. We don't know. But we're saying in these grown up prayers, what Jesus is teaching us is to trust God's power. We live in a culture, we live in a world that teaches us to trust our own power, to trust our own control, and to fix everything. and God a different way, and Jesus taught us what it looked like. For those of you that don't know, I was a 7th grade math and science teacher before I became a pastor. I'll tell you later in the message how that was the worst year of my entire life. Do not run from your call to ministry to a 7th grade classroom. And, um, I would have rather spent three days in the well, the belly of a whale like Jonah, um, a whole year in a 7th grade classroom. Woo! anyway um, I learned about the power of prayer (laughs) in that year but I also taught science and so when we talked about power there's a there's a scientific formula to figuring out power so power equals work divided by time so if I took these tables and I pulled it across the the room power would be the amount of work I did divided by the amount of time it took me I'll tell you that Chris pulls those tables with a little more power than I do on Sunday mornings. It's fine. I'm I'm getting stronger. But power equals work over time. And this is what I think is interesting about this scientific formula. For those of us that pray, for those of us that pray, pray, the biggest issue that we have with God's power is how much work are you going to do, God? And in what timetable are you going to give it to me? This work and this time is exactly, right, is exactly what our biggest issues with the power of God and the power of prayer is. Is We want to know, we want to know about the amount of work that God is going to do and what amount of time it's going to take. And when Jesus taught us to pray, when Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us this, this simple thing. Surrender. <laughs> surrender the work to God. Trust God to do the work. That doesn't mean you don't do anything, right? Jesus still showed up and and was a vessel of God's love and grace. He expected the disciples who were his best friends and helped him in ministry. He expected them to do some work, right? But we trust the power to God. And we trust the amount of work that's going to get done and the timetable to God. That's what Jesus is teaching us is a new formula for power. It is contrary to what we learn in seventh grade science. It is contrary to what we learn every time we open up our Instagram account. It is contrary to what we learn in in every aspect of our lives when we're working for promotions or more money, whatever. This power of prayer, this, this formula that Jesus teaches us is very different than we have learned. There are three things, three things, in the in the Lord's Prayer that teaches us um, as Jesus taught us to pray. There are three things about the power of prayer. If you are if you're having a hard time believing in the power of prayer, I get it. Okay? I sat in your seats and I heard messages just like this from pastors when I when Chris and I were trying desperately and trying so hard to get pregnant and we were struggling mightily with infertility. I sat in your seats and 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 was angry about a pastor who told me about the power of. And I stand here today as someone who adopted the most beautiful and amazing son and trusted God's power to do work in his timetable that changed everything in my life, my husband's life, and my son's life. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that those pastors preached this message to me, right? Even when I didn't want to hear it. Because the power of prayer happens when we surrender the work and the time to God. Your kingdom. We live in a world that teaches you the Democrats, they know the best kingdom, right? The Republicans, they know the best kingdom, right? We are literally living in a world where everybody else thinks their kingdom is the best and they're doing everything they can to set it up right here in front of us. And we say, we say every single day when we pray this prayer, your kingdom come. Your dream, God. Your dream for the orphans, your dream for the hungry and the sick, the outcast and the marginalized, God, the LGBTQT and the hurting and the desperate and the hungry and the addicted, God. We pray for your kingdom, your healing, your dream to come. We pray, we pray for the day that all of them know healing. All of them know what it's like to have full bellies. And the powerless know what it's like to claim the power that, that is the best power in the whole world, the power of God. We surrender the work and the time to God. This is the hardest thing. I'm an Enneagram 3. If anybody in here follows Enneagram stuff, they're the person who thinks that they just work really hard. And they're going to achieve it. And they love to check things off of, of the list. And this is the hardest thing for me to, to recognize that, that showing up every day and getting my very best isn't going to bring God's kingdom into the world. Showing up every day and trusting God to lead me in that is actually what brings it. And that's a totally different way to approach the work in the kingdom of God. That's what you're praying when you say, your kingdom come. Your will be done.
1: God, we trust
0: you to do the work to make your kingdom come. And we trust your timetable. Anybody in here have a hard time praying about God's?
1: It's only me. All right,
0: this sermon is for me this morning, not not for anybody here. You surrender the work and the time when you pray this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. The second thing that happens in the power of prayer is that it puts God before us. So, the whole first half of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did anybody hear anything about, hey God, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is the things that I want and need right now and I'm gonna need you to fix those. No, what does Jesus teach us to do first? Focus on God first. And can I tell you just personally what happens when I trust, when I begin to pray that for God? I get out of my little kingdom and my little world. Yes, I have one of those too. I like things to operate my way. It gives me the power and the strength to step out of that chaos and craziness and into the presence of a God who ushers in peace and goodness and knowledge. And the things that feel more powerful than God begin to lose their power. God before us. We begin to recognize the world's not about us. We begin to recognize that everything isn't about us and our needs. God cares about you deeply and desperately. We talked about this. We talk about it every day. God loves you and wants a relationship with you and wants the very best for you. But the power of prayer happens when we put God, when we trust that God is a higher power than us. God before us. That is how we begin to experience the power of prayer. And finally, the power of prayer changes us, not our circumstances. It doesn't always change our circumstances. What it does is it changes us and our hearts. It changes our actions and our minds and the way we think. Prayer, the power of prayer, is that it changes us. It doesn't always change our circumstances. It's Father's Day, so I thought I'd share a story about my grandfather, um, my dad left when I was very young, so um, I basically grew up without a dad, but my grandfather really stepped in and was that role model for me in my life. And I'll never forget that we always had uh, Sunday lunch together after church at my grandma and grandpa's house, and every single time that my grandfather prayed at the table, we'd bow our heads, and um, he'd do the prayer. Where he's, he said, you know, thank you for the food may nourish our bodies and us to your service. There was this recognition that we do some work for God, right? Um, but then he would say, and God, and it was just me and my little sister at the table, and he'd say, God, I, I just pray that, that these two will know you love them even more than I love them, and I pray you'll do something mighty in their lives. So when I felt the call to ministry, and I explained my call to ministry, and uh, to serve as a pastor to my Southern Baptist grandfather, he was very surprised (laughs) how God had answered his prayer (laughs) because he did not think women could be be pastors. That's okay. Um, It's actually not okay, but um, we we had this conversation about it. And I remember telling him, Paul, do you remember when you would pray every single Sunday, year after year after year, that we would know God loved us more than you loved us and that he would use us in mighty ways? God asked me to be a pastor and it's time I step into that. He and my Sunday school teachers at the Southern Baptist Church I grew up in, all of those folks told me from a very young age that people who looked like me couldn't be a pastor. That's what they told me. You're a woman, you're a girl, the only way you can be a pastor is if you marry a pastor. I married a woman, but I... Whatever. (laughs) Prophetic ministry, I guess. Um, but they, they kept telling me that. And I, I need to tell y'all why I trust the power of prayer. Because God's goodness, God's kingdom, God's dream, God's will was coming to this earth in ways that I couldn't even see. When I was nine years old, I attended Vacation Bible School at the local United Methodist Church just a few miles from my house. And you know who was a pastor? A woman. For the first time in my life, After feeling a call to ministry at eight years old, at nine years old, a woman stood up in front of me and proclaimed the good news of the gospel of Jesus. God, help her to know that she is loved by you more than me. And use her to do mighty things. What did God do? He sent me to United Methodist Church to Vacation Bible School, and I saw someone like me proclaim the good news. I dated some pretty terrible guys growing up pretty terrible guys, and then I met Chris Allen, who was in divinity school at Duke University, and can I tell you something that he's never asked? He's never asked the question, can women be pastors, ever. It's never been a question that he's asked. And so I looked at him on our second date, um, and I said, I feel like God is asking me to go into ministry, and he's like, of course. I see "This for ministry, in you. and I was like, I just don't know how to be a pastor. And he's like, you just tell somebody, you just told me. <laughs> and it was like, not even a question. I had prayed my whole life for a husband and a, the kind of dad that he is. And before I dated these terrible, awful guys. And then I dated, I, I, I met Chris, who told me God could call me into ministry just the way that I am. God, help her to know that she is loved by you more than we could ever dream of loving her and do mighty things in and through her. Y'all, I grew up in Sandy Ridge, North Carolina. I graduated from high school with 99 people, teeniest, tiniest place in North Carolina. Maybe not the teeniest tiniest, but it's tiny. I I graduated from Chapel Hill, and I had no idea, y'all. I had no idea how in the world I was gonna pay for graduate school to be a pastor. To be a pastor in the United Methodist Church, which I have now joined, and I've told them I feel called to, to, to be in ministry, and they're like, you're going to have to go to seminary, and I was looking at the grad school payments for seminary, and I was like, I, we had, I, I mean, Chris, we had no idea how we're going to cover this cost, and I applied for a scholarship, a full tuition scholarship with a stipend at Vanderbilt University. Y'all, I, I just need to tell y'all, my GPA was not good enough to probably even get into Vanderbilt, much less get a full tuition scholarship and I got a call one afternoon that I had been selected to go to school on a full tuition scholarship. God, to, to become a pastor. God, help her to know What God does through a little girl from Sandy Ridge, North Carolina, who had, had no access to the things I've had access to, y'all. This little girl, God said, "I love you." And he answered the prayers of a grandpa to do mighty things through me. At the end of my grandfather's life, he struggled with an illness, and he um, he told me what he thought uh, several times about me being a pastor. But in those last. I remember, he hold he held my hands and he told me he was so proud of me for helping other people know about how much Jesus loved them. And he said, I remember praying for this for you. The power of prayer. The work is not ours, the timetable is not ours, it is God's. It's going to change us, change my dreams. my plan and my trajectory for like it changes us. And I don't know about y'all, but I look around this world and I see a world hungry (coughs) for the will of Jesus. I see a world desperate for the goodness of God. I see a world that needs brick by brick God's kingdom to be built here and not our own. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life trusting just ask you to sit still for just a moment and just receive this song, Okay? Just receive it for a few minutes. It's about God's goodness. You can trust in the power of God because He is a good, good God who loves you so Of us in here, and that you love us. I thank you, God, that you sent Jesus to teach us how to pray. And you taught us, God, from the very beginning that you are more powerful than the chaos and the pain and the problems in our lives. I thank you that you have a kingdom dream for this world, and it includes us doing work on your timetable, God. I'm thankful that your will and your kingdom is about your goodness being known right here on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray right now over the people in these seats and over those kids back there in Horizon Kids, may they know that you love them more than anybody has ever loved them in their lives. And God, I pray that you will do a mighty thing in their lives and through their lives, that we may shine your light and ignite your change.